or, or should should the weird one be that Adrian Heath hasn't been hugged in a long time? <laughs> Comrades, and welcome to the 551 Podcast. My name is Wes Berdine. I am joined by Corey Schreppel, Mark Fangmeyer, and Rodrigo Sanchez Chavaria. Hello, everyone. Uh, I I'm, I'm, uh, I'm hope you're enjoying your President's Day. I, uh, I, I drove back from Chicago. I took a, we took a very quick trip to Chicago. Uh, so my, my President's Day was spent in the car. Um, but Wait. But you, did you go to the Field Museum? We did. That was like basically what what we did. And uh, that's such a cool place. It's a fantastic place. But we I hadn't been in a while, and so we were like, oh, let's just go. We'll get the the special exhibits too, and do the three D movie. Just like I was like, whatever. We're literally going to spend the entire day there. The um, the special exhibits and the three D movie were not very good. I'm going to say that. So did you did you hang out with Sue? Sue's great. Yep, they have a whole did, new. Did you get the beer? Is there a Sioux beer? Uh, Topping Goliath has a, like, yeah. Oh. They got a cease and desist letter because they their beer is called Pseudo Sioux. And then they end up just partnering with the Field Museum and just had it created a beer named after Sioux. Oh, well, uh, no, I did not. I did not have any. Did you, beer did you talk place. to Maximo? Um, oh, Mac, the Titanosaurs? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Maximo um, and I have been texting nonstop for a week now. Oh yeah, because you can it's text like smarter child. You on can text Maximo. Yeah. yeah, no, it's it's a fantastic museum. You know, one thing that they didn't have open was the Pacific Northwest um, section, uh, which has just a crapload of totem poles. That I the last time I was there, I remember just being blown away. So I was kind of bummed that that section was not open, but. Yeah. That's now it's just like a now it's just like a, a model of Brian Schmetzer sitting there playing like Wilco <laughs> records. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> that's it. That's pretty much it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is the season preview. We got a lot to get through, so uh, let's just jump into a little bit of news here. The good Ibarra, Miguel Ibarra is playing indoor soccer, so it looks like he um, signed with um, backup in the Pacific Northwest, speaking of, that he signed with the um, MASL, um, Major Indoor, no, whatever. Anyway, the, the Tacoma Stars, um, He's uh, he basically just over the winter is doing this in between seasons. He's He is probably going to find a new club, um, hopefully in the USL somewhere around uh, or, or wherever. Um, I hope that he's got a few more years playing in him. Um, the other good is that the U.S. women's national team is playing in the She Believes Cup. Um, they drew their first game against Checha, um, and then uh, they beat New Zealand five to nothing. With a um, this is also a, a a a weird or a bad. There was a tell me about this because I I didn't get a chance to watch this. This was a, an own goal hat trick. Yeah, this was like. Uh like a super rare perfect uh defender hat trick i forget what the first one was it was it was like a left foot or right foot the second one was a header and then the third one was the other foot so it was a perfect hat trick and it was, happened within like the first 36 minutes or something like that i want to say damn and then um yeah she was yanked at uh the 40 minute mark it sucks cause oh. she's a good defender but it's just like this it's same play over and over again just take it to the end line 
cut it back in or send it across the the face of goal and a stray foot or a stray head just gets in the way. At some point, soccer's just a cruel, and soccer's jump away just from the ball. Sport too, because they have. Do they really need to credit a goal to somebody when it's an own goal? Like, is it necessary to do that? It just seems a little bit unnecessary, especially in this situation. Only if it's Francisco Calvo um, or Harry or Harry Maguire. The the next game <laughs> is the third game here against it's against Iceland on Wednesday, eight p.m. And uh, we'll have it on at Blackheart. So come uh, cheer for the Yanks. Um, we've got a couple weirds here. One is that there's a dude who um, like made apparently a bet. Never make a soccer bet about tattoos, guys. I don't know if that's not clear to you. But um, he made a bet uh, that if Christian Ramirez scored 15 goals, he would get a, a, a CR9 um, Superman tattoo. And um, looks like he's gonna get it so it's he looks like he got it oh he did and it's yeah, on right. yeah and it's on his upper thigh oh, yeah that's where all good christian ramirez tattoos go <laughs> yep <laughs> i mean it's it's like you know it's i think the funny thing is that they um i learned two things from this tweet is the fact that uh tops are like the you know they're, they're part of the kit i didn't really i just thought they were shirts the sign top and they're also i found out what a what a kickabout is um, so two new terminologies I, I, I've, I've, I've engulfed myself with, and I'm, I'm really thankful for that tweet. But Christian Ramirez also got in trouble for like watching uh, or commenting on a Rangers game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, the, the Aberdeen fans were not very happy with him, kind of seemingly maybe cheering for uh, Scotland in general for Rangers. They, Rangers, Rangers put the hurt on Dortmund, what, yeah. like 4-1 or something like that? Uh, the, yeah, the, the tattoo I'm getting of Ramirez is there's this pin, this enamel pin that, um, <laughs> that Minnesota United created. And screenshot, it's, it's screenshot. Basically, um, yeah, do a screenshot. We'll, we'll put this up. Um, actually, hold on. Block, do the screenshot now so I'm blocking all the trash on there my floor. Um, it's Christian Ramirez holding his kind of face in his hands, which he often would do when he like missed a goal or whatever. This was from an offside goal where he the against the cosmos that was taken back and it's basically him doing um uh monks the scream uh face or or home alone face uh so i'm who gonna get the, that who, on my who's the that. who's the who's the bill Munch. hater did i get that right uh, weekend 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 update stefan uh, Stefan, it's very, it's very much Stefan. The other, the last weird here, um, Rodrigo, give us the the short of this. Nadia Nadim, who is now with Louisville, uh, well, I, I don't Ross, know if it's Rossing so much of a weird, but uh, it's a weird. But Nadia Nadim, the international, uh, done, you know, um, she's a um, an Afghan refugee. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's an amazing story. Um, but regardless, right, plays for the Denmark national team. They finally were able to get a medical degree. Right. And so now they actually um, have a medical degree in, on reconstructive surgery. So now so she's, literally, like, she's out there during the week. She's, uh, she's break or on the weekend, she's breaking their knees. And then uh, Monday morning, she's fixing them. Yeah, Monday morning. She's oh, fixing them. come in. By the way, she, at the end of the game or after the tackle, she'll hand them a card or something like that. That's Just right. come see me. Don't worry. I'll take care of that. Right. And then, and then when they're in the hospital after they, they're, they're casted, signs the cast. Yep. Uh, just to hit a little bit of the Aurora news, uh, which is is now has become a, a section in our, our uh, pod notes, which is that we've we announced uh, the eleventh player. Um, I think there's a pause on on player announcements now. Um, 
you know, we started with uh, Sarah Fuller, and now today on Monday we announced Shelby Hopo, um, who is from Hawaii, which is pretty awesome. It's great. Like I don't know much about the sporting side, and so these things surprise me, unless it's like a big announcement. Um, so that that's pretty awesome. We're I think that there's another tryout uh, that's scheduled for March, and um, general ticket stuff. Uh, I think ticket pricing is going to come out this week, and then. Um, eventually we'll have the I, I think we announced in an email when the sales dates would be but we're pushing those back until we can get through all the details of trying to get the 30 different types of season ticket holder and community investor stuff has been a, a huge pain in my ass so um that will come out sometime soon but we've still sold out half the stadium which is pretty freaking cool um i don't you know, I was doing a, a little interview with Jeff Kasuf, who is with um, the Equalizer, writes a lot about women's soccer. And, um, you know, I th he was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's more than some NWSL teams have in season ticket holders. So it's pretty awesome. It's been pretty amazing. And, uh, you know, now we're, we're making all these extra steps so that we can get toward uh, the end of May when the season starts. And with that, we will take a break. We'll come back. And we'll do some uh, Minnesota United news. Back on the 55-1 podcast, let's talk about some Minnesota United little bits of news here. The new kit was released. Uh, it is the black and white Matrix kit which is uh, just because it looks like, uh, for whatever reason, they did the pinstripes so that they faded. So it looks like you're watching the um, the basically basically the opening credits of The Matrix on your grandma's old black and white television. Uh, Corey, you are wearing said uh, kit. You are a I lover am. of kits. And so I, this one you like, I, right? I like this one. I um, Mainly it's the fit. I thought that the 25th anniversary wing kit is... Interesting as that was, like the collar was trash and it didn't fit right. And this, between this and the river kit, I think this is the best pairing we've had. I still think the the 2018 gray stripes with the red button is my favorite MLS kit. Yeah, so the, Hamber the Hamburglar kit, as it's yeah, colloquially known. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I'm um, heading out yeah. to uh, to LA in next week uh, to to put the finishing touches on the Aurora kit. Speaking of, I'm very excited. Is it going to be this. like a, like a Peruvian sash kit? Yeah, or, exactly. Yeah. Actually, it's just awesome. the Peruvian kit. We just, yeah. um, but, but because Hummel is making it, we have to just be like, can you just kind of, yeah, we just hand it. We drew it, hand drew it with, um, yeah. uh, uh, you know, just like colored pencils. It's like when then, Trump took the, the Sharpie to extend <laughs> yeah. the hurricane path. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that guy was so yeah. dumb. So amazing. <laughs> How did we have four years of that? Okay. Um, so the kit was released. Uh, we got some player announcements now that the season's happening. We got Ermagerd Kervin Ariaga is with the team. We got uh, Luis Totin Amaria, who is now our, our third DP. As the Instagram post from a couple of weeks ago said that the band was back, Sugar Ray is here to stay. Yeah, Sugar Ray. This um, our friend Adam Jarvie, Capo Extraordinaire, came up with this joke. Sugar Ray R E Y um, is just a gene. We've got Ray, and then we've got Sugar Ray. Um, to, together, they're gonna fly. Um, so Amaria's here, and then um, Bongokule Hlangwane uh, joined up at the team finally with that big ass Fred Flintstone uh, 
meat tomahawk tomahawk chop tomahawk chop is a dinosaur it's just a dinosaur oh, amazing. A, that's a brontosaurus chop yeah <laughs> just killed stole it right from fred's flintstone's plate uh amazing just that guy is making content happen i really hope that we see him play this year um we did see him uh, well i guess some people saw him uh he got an assist this week when he came on uh with luis and maria we'll talk about that in a minute um let's see so let's speaking of let's do a little bit of preseason recap we actually got to watch two games we had the the portland one nil loss with the real salt lake nil nil draw um we did not get to watch the viking uh two two draw Dunlady started these that was i think the biggest surprise um any anything else stand out to you dane started the second one which is good to see them kind of rotating that but I mean, it's. I'm glad that they rotated the keepers. That feels right. Like you should do that. But and, and a keeper should get a full run out, um, other than maybe a very early preseason. But I mean, Uno, like with with Amaria there, I think he might be like our third tier striker at this point. That our multi million dollar. Uh, I think if he was not starting, so we always know this about Heath and preseason. Hmm. He is going to show us what he's going to do, right? It, it yeah. was it never happened in preseason so far that he um, played around whatever. He plays with the players that he wants to start. I think if Amadei is fit, that might change it. But Dinladi is going to start over Unu. That, that's the only thing that if if Amaria is is fit and you know whether it's the beep test or whatever they're doing, if he's fit, I think he starts. I think he's clear that he's 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 the guy that Heath wants to play. Um, He's the only one that hugs Adrian Heath. Um, yeah, we'll talk so about I think that. it's, I think that makes the most sense. I mean, Abu, I think looked more interesting and dynamic than Unu has. Um, but but in, didn't in Unu get messages. the assist though? Anu got an assist. He did. He, mm-hmm. he, he got an assist to Amaria. What I found this most disappointing, again, it comes back to Adrian Heath being Adrian Heath. Like the entire history of preseason is that like, he has his starting 11 that he wants to have start the season. And those are the ones that they always play together. And right now, Unu is not in that. But I don't know how you can expect him to have a run out and start to contribute if he's getting service from nothing but second string guys. Right, yeah, like, yeah. I don't get that. Like, you, yeah, like you need to like take a third of the guys out, keep them in, like keep them together. So everyone gets to play together a little bit so you can all get that kind of cohesion. But like when you already have your starting 11 in your mind set in stone and that's who you're playing and then you do a full scale new 11 in the second half, it's just like, what's the point? Like just send them to ML- to uh, MNUSC two if that's going to be the point because like it just seems dumb to me. Like again, yeah. like, and this goes back for like the last five seasons, like every year in preseason, we had this exact same discussion about Adrian Heath and how he is playing guys during preseason. Um, you know, one of the things that I, that I, I did kind of enjoy is just the, when the new guys came in, the change of like energy and the change of like, Aggressively, and I Kevin Kevin Gucci surprised me in a sense of like his Kevin Gucci, but but Gucci. also uh, Montgomery, right? I think Montgomery had some boxy vibes. The the British Colombian 
kid finally gets some playing time and and had some really yeah, Callum good Montgomery came in as center back, yes, as a left center back, and um, I, I think that he was good. I think he he was fun to watch. So absolutely. Um, we also had uh, we got a little bit of moment from Emmanuel Iwe. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think that's how we, we say it. Who was kind of brought a nineteen-year-old kid? I think really young guy who played um, in the NPSL, and um, he only had one moment really, but it was really good getting into the box. And so I think that was mm-hmm. fun. Um, I agreed. Kibben Gucci was was good to watch in there. Um, it, it was nice to see some of these guys and see them get a few minutes. I hope that we do. You know, I know. Well, this is a stupid, naive thing to say, but I hope that we do get to see a bit more of those guys. I thought Joseph Rosales looked good with Kim and Gucci, Kim and Gucci in the midfield. Um, you know, the I love four, four. He, I loved it when he went in and when they had that altercation with, against Portland and yeah. um, Fragapani pushed somebody and Rosales was the second person to push the same person. Yeah. <laughs> it, <laughs> that, I that mean, was hilarious. I, yeah. it, like, I thought that that, that second, that RSL, um, that RSL like shift change, I thought looked a lot better than the Portland shift change did. And, you know, the, the first goal that we gave up in, in Portland, if we're going to talk about the defense at all, like it was, it was a garbage goal and it was like, what, five minutes in or something like that. Yeah. And, you uh, know, and then we, we held our own and, you know, I think we were up against their, I think for, the, 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 for Portland, it was like it was like preferred 11 on both sides. But yeah. then RSL, we were mismatched each time where it was our preferred 11 against like their kids. And yeah. then they flipped it. Um, I, so, I, I saw lots of people drawing way too many conclusions about those games in that like, oh, my God, it's going to be yeah. we didn't score goals. And it's like, who cares? Like, did what did we see? And to me, the one thing I saw yeah. about Dunlady is that um, uh I do know that he had uh, the the highest expected goals per ninety in last season in MLS. Mm-hmm. Uh, he only played two hundred eighty minutes, <laughs> but sample you know, size. hey man, sample size. So um, to multiply that, and he's going to score a million. So, um, but the one, the one thing I noticed is that, that there is a specific tactical difference, and that with Denladi in, there was a lot of turn the ball over, Im- you know, immediately send it to him, and he uh, he's going to chase the ball. And that to me is, it's not going to work. It is going. We are going to get destroyed. Um, I, I just, it's a bad tactic. I don't like us playing that way, and yeah. um, and that's really frustrating because we always talk about how dependent Heath is on his striker for the style of play. Right? If we've got Unu, then we're doing a way different thing. If we've got Denladi, then we're doing the instructions are, are just completely different. And sometimes that's good when you want a plan B, but it's it's just it's all based around that striker rather than trying to get different kinds of guys to play within a, a similar system. So I, I'm worried about that. The 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 counterpoint to that that I liked about it, and it wasn't like the the deep balls over the top or like the the lofted passes or anything like that. What I especially noticed in the RSL match was Trap and Reynoso hitting these like perfect line splitting vertical through balls. That was not a thing that we were doing um, last season. Like it was spray it wide and then cross in and like we were, or we were trying to take too many touches. We were still taking way too many touches at the top of the box. Like we always do, but there was more of this like targeted defender splitting through balls that 
Don Lottie, if he times his runs right, and this is more of Amaria's skill set that we saw in the first two matches of 2020, that's the kind of thing that gets me excited is more of that chance creation that's far more accurate. And you're getting Reynoso, who's doing it from the middle of the pitch and forward, and then you're getting Trap, who's doing it from further back. Um, and if you can pair that with our fullbacks... I think that could be an interesting new angle of attack that we haven't really leveraged in previous seasons. So Corey is not excited by deep balls, but yeah. um, we will say, <laughs> sorry. Um, it's a bad. Any, any, anything else, I guess we want to say of what we, what we saw, we're going to talk about Look, previewing I, this team. I'm, but, I'm all about progression and development. And like Corey hit on some of that against Portland, our, our passes were sloppy we created opportunities, right? We created scoring chances, opportunities, right? Um, three months from now, does Lude make those make that goal that he yes, missed? Yeah. Yes, yes, right. And so we're creating those opportunities, right? We're just not being able to finish it, and 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 that's part of that. What I what what I don't want us to do is what was Corey was talking about is that whenever we play someone who let's say as a middle block or just as a mid block. We want to we, we move them side to side, but we don't move them vertically. In the RSL game, we were able to start moving the ball left to right, but then looking for a penetrating pass to bypass the midfield. Now, whether that meant the ball was checked back to the to the wing or whatever, it's going to move, folks. And I think that's one of the things that I did like. The other thing that we know are more, are, are better at is in transition when we get Reynoso the ball. We remember that back heel pass to Lude. Who literally just almost dribbled it in, passed it over to Dan Lari. Dan Lari had a one-time shot that you know it was fast, and then uh, but it was but it was blocked by the keeper, right? I think if we focus on that, and that is what our offense is at, I'm excited for the fact that this is probably the most talented forward squad that we've had since probably I don't know ever. No, it, it ever, is ever. Right? We've never had this. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So that's one of the things that keeps me excited is that we have the talent up top, finally, to be able to put goals. And whether that's Inu gets 10 or whether that's Amaria that gets 12, if both of them get that, and then Lude, you know, gets, I don't know, seven or eight, I, I'm, I'm all for that. But it just needs to be able to, to find out how everyone else is going to work together. Well, on that note, we wanted to separate off the whole preview section because that's going to be a long section. So let's take another quick break, and then we'll come back and we'll do our full preview. Comrades, you ready to preview this? Um, Minnesota United. The last few seasons, let's let's go back and look at our, our success or lack of, depending on, on your perspective. 2017, we're just happy to be here. 2018, uh, still happy to be here, win a little bit more. 2019, this is when we make the playoffs. We get a home playoff game because we finished fourth with 53 points, which is um, 1.55 points per game. Um we lost in the first round to LA, right? Yep. Galaxy. Yep. 2020 home playoff match. Um, we lost in the Western Conference final. Um, that was a fourth finish as well. Um, 1.66, uh, 1.62 points per game. Uh, 2021 uh, home playoff match. 
No, no. away playoff match. Sorry, the note no. here was, oh, how dare you write the notes wrong. Um, we lost in the first round away. Um, we finished fifth with 49 points, which is 1.44 points per game. Uh, I think that we have established a, a certain level there. I know that we were only four points from being way out of the playoffs, but um, last season. But that's a, a pretty, I think we've hit a certain level here. Um, so one of the things that we're going to talk about here is trying to define our terms for success. I think last year we said pretty distinctly that a home playoff game isn't expected, but that's what um, would be a good season, right? A, a step forward we wanted to see. We wanted to see not uh, falling apart in the playoffs. We wanted to see um, us moving forward and um, I think I think we took a, a slight step back last year, but I don't think anyone would define last year as a as a failure or anything. So, what in 2022 would you like to see as um, as your baseline of this is acceptable, which I think last year was acceptable, um, and this is what a good year would be. We all know what a great year would be, right? We we win MLS Cup or we get to a final, right? So, uh, what would a a good year like? Yes, that w- that was really really good. I think for me, a good year is getting back in that number three or four spot. Like getting a, being back in a spot where you're getting a home playoff match and moving forward from that. Because it was, it was disappointing to go from having that home playoff spot to being on the like decision day, having to get the draw to squeak in and barely make it in. And so like, I, for me, I, that's where I kind of see is like, I would like to see improvement. And I, like you said, it was a slight, it wasn't, a, it wasn't, I, I would say it was like a half step back. It wasn't a full step back last year. And I would just like to see like move forward again and keep on a trajectory where you're, they're improving. So that would be what I would see as success and being a good season would be in that like three or four spot to make sure we have the playoff. If you're in the one or two spot, that's gravy. Corey, uh, Rodrigo, are you going to agree on that? Um, the the good uh, year would be three or four? I think statistically, the, the times that we've been in the playoff, whenever we get in fourth place, we seem to come away with some sort of success, right? I mean, the last one we made the Western Conference Final, I think if you want to to consider like a really good season, I think you know three or four is what you aim for. Now, later on, we're going to get to what we all think what reality is going to be. But I also think it, it also starts with, you know, this team is, is different than, than all the other teams that we've had so far because we have more incoming players than we had so much outgoing, right? I mean, Grey Goose left, right? We lost Ozzy, right? You know, centerpieces. But then now we have... Ethan Finley, I think would be the third. Yeah, Ethan third Finley of left yeah. us as well too at Austin. So, like, we've, we've lost players, but at the same time, uh, we we've gained um, replacements, not not a step below, but something that be competitive. And I think that's that's something that 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 that's worth noting. I also for us to think, I also think we need to look at, you know, what our starting um, season is going to be like. I think last season, Mark would agree with me, is that we had a poor start. And I think a key to this season is going to be how good can we be in those first four or five games, right? Yeah, if if we had if we had even two draws and two losses, 
that would put us put us comfortably in the playoffs, right? At the end of last season. I, I think the thing for me that I'm looking for is, yeah, we should consistently be upper mid table, uh, you know, preferably home playoffs. I think that's kind of our our preferred standard for a good season. It's not just the the rankings. I also want to see more convincing wins from us. Yes, we've we've, we've we've had a couple of those, like the Austin match last season. There's been some others, you know, but last season was last season was a little rough in terms of that. I mean, you know, grinding out one nil wins is great, or or two one, whatever. That's all great and fine and part of the game. I want some absolute bloodbaths. Like I want us to absolutely smack a team five one, you know. I would, you know, I would or, say even, or or just or just multi multi goal games. Even if it's a two nil win, but it's dominant, right? We talked about this all last season and previous seasons yep. before. Minnesota has never been a killer team. Um, you know, I, I talked to other teams that like Portland fans and Sounders fans, and I asked them like, how many games this year do you think you um, you know that that metric I'm always talking about that you won and you deserve to win. Uh, mm-hmm. versus, you know, you won and maybe you were a bit lucky, et cetera. We did not have that many. We don't usually have that many games yeah. where we deserve to win. We, we just, we were dominant. Yeah, sure, maybe we made a mistake here or there. Maybe we only won 2-1, but we were still way better than them. Um, and, and, and and the thing that I'm going to say, like, I, I do think that 2020 and, and 2021, they feel like these weird, these weird-ass gap years, like, you know, bringing Amaria back, it almost feels like the closing of like this this weird multiverse thing. Um, but 2019 was like, we this have a the, really, this really the Return strong... of the Jedi, motherfucker. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or actually, it's more like Return of the Mac, but um, <laughs> it's, it's like... Um, 2019 wow. was like that transformative year for us where it was... You know, you have an Icopara, you have an Ozzy Alonso, you're you're reinforcing the spine, you're kind of creating this win now and this like defensively stout team. And I think you're starting with Reynoso coming on is like the signal that we're starting to shift a little bit into more of this like hopefully this ruthless attack that you can have a dots and trap pairing, which is you know, maybe a little weaker than like an Ozzy whoever, but you know. We don't have an Icopara defender of the year defender anymore. We don't have a Vito Manone um, keeper of the year, you know. Um, but I don't think you need that. I think what you need is exactly what you're saying was I think you need an attack that can be absolutely ruthless and not let their foot off the gas when it's 1 0, 2 1, and just keep slamming. And you need your depth pieces to also be bought into that. And um, that's what I want to see this year. Two factors that, that come into me when I'm thinking about what, how we should evaluate this team's success. One is we should acknowledge that this team every year is built to win now. Right? We've never really had, we've never had a long-term uh, plan here where we're bringing in young players, we're cycling them through. It's not Dallas. It's not like RSL or even you know many of these clubs. Um, the other is that we have one of the best players in the league, top three player. Emmanuel Reynoso. Um, I think if we had uh, Rui Diaz in front of him, that he would be the best player in the league. Uh, I, I don't think there's much debate about that. And 
we will squander him if we don't do something with that. Like if this year we don't really get something going and get some level of success, then man, if I'm Reynoso, I'm like, I'm looking for the exit, right? Because your, your shelf life, you've been sitting in Minnesota doing this thing. And so I, I think that we cannot waste this opportunity of this, this player who is by far the best player we've ever seen play in Minnesota. So those are the two ways I'm evaluating this. Um, and now uh, I, I guess we want to say what the the preview is going to be with the, with our predictions. The way we decided to do this is that I'm going to make the case that we are a home playoff team, that we should finish second or third. Um, and then we'll, we'll make a case that we're an away playoff team and then that we're not going to make the playoffs. There's different scenarios. And I will admit that the scenario in advance that I'm presenting is a 25% opportunity. It relies on um, a lot of things to go right for us, especially Reynoso staying fit and a few other key guys staying fit. But I think that if you look at this team's first 11 and then a couple a couple guys who can come in there and, and rotate, that we have absolutely one of the strongest offenses in the league. Minnesota last year finished third in the league in expected goals. Um, they took the second most shots in the league per 90. They were um, dead last for shots on target. They had the second most in the league taken from outside the box, second most from run of play, second most passes into the final third. Reynoso alone was the best in the league for through passes, smart passes, and 1v1s. Um, He was indexed by Y Scout as the second best attacking midfielder behind Demir Krylak. So, I mean, yes, it's a weird index. But Fragapane played only 20 matches and was top 30 in goals and assists with uh, goals plus assists uh, with 14. So we have an attacking three of Fragapane, Reynoso, and Lud. That's one of the best in the league. Probably, I would say, the best in the league. Maybe top three. Um, we put in front of that a strike force that is actually deep. We're not going to have to sign some rando with a cane uh, midseason. We've got Amaria, Danladi, and Unu. And you have the goals. That if we get one of them clicking. You have the goals that would have easily put us in a home playoff last season. So the team only loses Ozzy and father of the year, Kervin Ariaga, um, who can maybe step into the midfield uh, as well as Joseph, Joseph looks pretty decent. And I think that it, Heath has shown that he actually wants to use him as, as a sub um, ready to step in. If the dots and trap combo um, doesn't work, uh, dots and trap does sound like a, I feel like that's a jazz duo. Um, so our defense is old. What? What do you give me? Give me your. I was joke. just gonna say it. It feels. It feels more like a like a Hall and Oates like like oh, like yeah, butt yeah. rock like glam rock style. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Thing. It's more like a sound of music thing. Did you guys see? <laughs> did, you, did you guys see? Uh, um, Dots and trap at that. Uh, what, what's the the Bon Iver, uh Oh, show the Eau Claire's festival. festival. The Eau Claire's festival. Yeah. They uh, they actually did a. Um, <laughs> Uh, a harmonium and melodica duo uh, <laughs> underneath in an oak tree that had um oh yeah that, uh, it was at the upper carvings. stage yeah yeah, 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 yeah. and yeah, Sylvan yeah, Esso yeah. came after them but were amazing so our defense is old but we have three solid center backs um Boxall is old but he's not crazy old um Metonier is a top fullback on his day Gasper is solid on his day so that is my case i think if you look at that team you can 
absolutely imagine that, yes, we're really good. We're a very good team, an exceptional team. And if things go right, this team could absolutely finish second behind Seattle or something. Or Seattle, something weird goes happen. And it's not crazy to imagine that they're one of the top teams overall in MLS. Now, y'all going to tell me something else. So who's got the away playoff? We are going to finish 5-7. Wes, you're smoking crack. Let's let's give me some reality. Yeah, the reality is we're going to probably finish exactly where we finished last year, which is I mean, if you look at our starting lineup, where we we've upgraded at striker and that's about it. Like everything else is pretty consistent as far as our entire starting lineup. And it's the same starting lineup that, you know, finished 5th in the West last year and we were one game away from not being in the playoffs last year. And um, two and games the thing away. Is, two games away. But no, if, the, if that LA game went differently, we would okay. we wouldn't have made it. But that were yeah. All right. Whatever. Either way, we were close, and we're on the cusp. And I think we're, that it seems like that seems like a fair place for us to be now. Is that we'll be on the cusp of the playoffs. We'll either be, you know, you know, in fifth, or we'll be like sneaking in. And uh, especially because. Our, the Western Conference has gotten more difficult this year because Nashville is a very solid team who has just come into our conference. And so, like, if you look at, like, the playoff picture last year, who wasn't in the playoffs in the Western Conference last year? You had LAFC. You had LA Galaxy. They weren't in the playoffs. You also have, uh, you have Nashville coming in. So there's three teams that will most likely make the playoffs. So what three teams who made the playoffs aren't going to make the playoffs this year. And so you have real like on the bottom of the, the people that made the playoffs in the five, six and seven spots, you had Minnesota, Vancouver and real salt Lake. And you're going into that now. It's like, yeah, all of those. I mean, maybe only one of the LA teams uh, makes the playoffs this year and Nashville. So maybe two of those teams, like I think you know, the LA team is still going to be crap, but that's just me. They might be. Hey, I thought we weren't rebutting, by Sorry. the way. No, I said I thought that, we had these no, agreed said, upon rules where I, I said that you could you I didn't want to get soliloquy. lost in the debates, but we could we could ask questions and rebut. Look, 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 look at our starting first five games, right? Mm-hmm. Philadelphia. Yep, win. Playoffs. Win. Nashville. Win. Playoffs. Gonna win. Red Bulls. Gonna win. Playoffs. San Jose is the only team, literally, that 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 wasn't that didn't make the playoffs last season, right? Because we play Seattle too. So out of those one, two, three, four, five first games. We we play against playoff teams, and now you know, the question that we have is just is that we've upgraded uh, on our forwards, but now we have to make sure that these 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 connect. Will they be able to do that? If we start, if we have somewhat of a start we did last year, and you're looking at Philadelphia, Nashville, uh, Red Bulls could be a win. San Jose totally could totally beat Seattle. You're looking at this. Where where can you see us really seeing? Taking taking points that will push us around there. I think I mean I think it's a hard start for us. I, that's personally, but I also think we need time to be able to have these players play with Reynoso and have these players get adjusted. Uh, Unu is in. Damn if you do, damn if you don't, because he scored seven goals last year, and you can't take that away. Specifically, where I think we were one of the one of the worst uh, scoring teams in the aspect of, of last year, right? And and it's, and it's too. West West makes a point that. With the up with upgraded forwards, we do expect for us to get better at that and in finishing. 
but we're also we were supposed to do that last year too. And the year before, and we did the year before, and the year before, and the year before. right? And we didn't. And so the, the the thing is, is I think what, what's what's going to be mostly is we have to embrace the fact that we need to have a good start because once we have a good start, we're we're going to be able to. To, to carry that, carry that momentum, because this team was very Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. They, the key word for last season was not being consistent enough, right? We weren't consistent. If we are able to be consistent, whether that means picking up points, right? Because points matter. We can talk uh, World Cup qualifications to come Bowl, where Peru is just getting point after point, just one point, one point. Points matter. That's going to set the tone to what happens down 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 the road. Can we? Can we finish top three? Of course we can. Will we, as in the, the realistic point of view, the numbers don't speak us being so clearly because we haven't been in a position where we have this much offensive firepower in previous seasons. All right, Corey, give us the uh, we're not making the playoffs case. Yeah, the, the, look, the, none of this is going to be a surprise, but we are heavily reliant on Emmanuel Reynoso. Um, if he gets injured or totally checks out, that's going to be an issue. We don't have a direct like for like replacement. You, you could make the argument that we have much more depth than we ever had in all the attacking positions and even midfield and in defense, but we don't have another Reno. So you have maybe a Lud or a Fragapane who could come in and deputize, but it's not the same thing. If either one, if, if he or any of our attacking four and interpret that however you want, if any of them get injured for any extended period of time, that's going to be a key blow because the other part of that is we know what Adrian Heath does. He's got his starting, he's got his starting 11. He doesn't like to rotate if he doesn't have to. And so when you don't rotate and your key players go down injured, are you going to trust a Nico Hansen, uh, a Justin McMaster? Are you going to get any of the kids from Minnesota MNUFC two up? Are you going to actually call them up? And that's the other thing is we, we don't know how our first team is going to, uh, interface with MNUFC2. We don't know how often first-team uh, players who are lacking minutes are actually going to be given the opportunity to go and play some regular matches, and then we backfill them with some of the stars from from MNUFC2. We don't know if Heath and the and the and the uh, the coaching staff is going to do that. That's that's out. My hunch is that we're not going to. That it's going to be you're uh, you're uh, a consistent unused sub. And while you could be going down to our academy team, our second tier team, you're, you're not going to. So that's going to be an issue. There are two other specific areas that I think are going to be crucial um, in addition to our, our key players. One of them is Hassani Dotson. He's got it. He's got to come good this year. Uh, we don't have an Ozzy Alonso taking, you know, whatever starting spot he has. Uh, he's going to pair with Will Trapp. You got Ariaga, who's going to be in there. And yeah, maybe the three of them will rotate in regularly. But this is Hassani Dotson's year. He is probably best in the eight role, box to box. Maybe a slightly more attacking minded than defensive minded, but I don't particularly care. He's got to actually start playing his game um, and, and, and really stepping it up and, and taking the next step. If he doesn't, I think the team's going to suffer for that. The last thing is we do not have enough versatility in our attack. We did see a little bit of it in preseason where we're going a little bit more vertical, a little bit more direct, um, and starting to shift our def- uh, the opposing team's defenses in uh, a few different ways rather than just side to side like, like Rodrigo mentioned. We need more left side attacking options. 
yeah, we got Fragapane, but he likes to cut in and pair up with Reynoso. That leaves Chase bombing down the left side if he's not uh, supposed to be a pseudo three-man back line when Roman is getting forward. Chase's attacking is way too predictable. He comes down to the end line, and instead of sending in a cross, which he always has them available to him, he's not sending them in. And so that's that that's reducing our attacking options when we have plenty of people in the box what does chase do he takes it back he cuts it over into his foot and he sends it back to the top of the box and recycles it for a right-footed player like trapper dotson to try to send in a cross or kick it over to reynoso that stalls out our left side attack so often and we need to make that a much more versatile otherwise if those things happen we're not getting into the playoffs um all right listeners you pick which scenario uh, I think all these scenarios are possible. I think all of them could happen, and uh, and it's just a matter of what is the most likely. Um, let's move from that to we've mentioned a few things here that I want to um, come back to. Um, uh, if this were an office meeting, I would say let's drill down on those or let's put a pin on those. Uh, so we'll, we'll circle back on yeah, those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, strikers, Amaria is is there. Um, and let me ask you guys, do you think Amaria scores more than, uh, I'll put the over-under at 15.5? What? Do you think he'll... he'll I, sc- when was the last time we had, we, had a, we had a striker score 15 goals on this Never. The, the most we've ever had is uh, Christian Ramirez scoring 14. Exactly. Okay, so, so you're a, saying I'm the a, under. I'm, I'm taking the under on that. Okay. Yeah. If, if Amaria scored... 16 goals this season. Where do we, which, which of these scenarios happens? I think it's easily home playoff match. Yeah. yeah. Fourth place. Yeah. I, I think that is, you know, I, I was being a little, um, um, like over the top on my, my case, but I think I believe so, so much. it back? No, no, no. I'm, I'm no. I told you it's a scenario. I believe so much in Amaria that I believe, uh, that that my scenario is going to happen the most, um, See, and I think that that's that's a difference there. Um, some I was talking to people at watching the Portland game at, at Blackheart, and uh, I think our friend Colin Solberg was like, "You are high as a kite," and it, it is like <laughs> true that I start the season, and I remember I do my ju- Heath gets a jubilee, so we stop talking about Heath out. Because I don't, I don't want to even consider it. He's our head coach. We're we're behind him. He sucks, but we're behind him. Um, and and I'm I'm excited about the team. And I'm like, I think that we are good. We should do this. So this is the state I always end to the season, which is why I'm so mad by the end of the season. Um, <laughs> the but that but I think Amadea does that. So no, my issue with Strike right now is is basically like at least for the first like couple matches of the season, is that Unu is. On the outs, like whatever, he's, he he doesn't seem like he's gonna be a starter. Uh, Amaria maybe hasn't been around enough to start yet, so suddenly we're like having Dunlady start, start. Which I mean, I don't know. I I I understand the need to be optimistic about Dunlady and to be hopeful about him, and like all the stuff in preseason is like, oh, he looks so great, but like literally, he was gone for our from our team for two years. He didn't. He only. He only performed for us for like well his rookie year. Kind of dropped off with injuries and everything after that. Went to Nashville. 
didn't do exceptionally exceptionally well. Like after two years there, they're like, yeah, no. But we're he learned to you. he learned to play the mandolin, so that was important. Yeah, there's that. So well, uh, like, me, but he got dropped, but, but he got cut, and then now uh, suddenly he's coming in, and he's going to be like literally like Nashville is now our like Western Conference rival, and our starter is a guy that our Western Conference rival didn't think was good enough to even be on their team. A and team, like that, a team is, that couldn't um, score goals as well. So. Right, a team that couldn't score goals yeah. said, like, yeah, no, that guy's not for us. Like, I, that's concerning to me. I think w- what I would say to that, I, I agree that Unu did not have a full season yet under his uh, belt. And to me, this is the season when he would really come good and you'd want to see right. that. To see him benched now is actually very bizarre it's like give this guy a chance let him get into it what like to me the the lack of confidence to put in one of your star players is is concerning that's that's one of the things that i've been most frustrated all the time about heath which is like give him another chance you you bring in Dunlady in and you're you're giving him confidence too and you're saying abu you're looking great whatever we're going to give you time because he's a great style of player to come in late because he's going to stretch the game a bit more. Um, I, I don't, it's a very bizarre decision to me. Uh, and it, maybe Unu's uh, eating too many croissants during the off season, but he's he, word on the street is he's been frequenting Trung Nam and likes the strawberry croissants oh, over yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. You oh, got yeah. well, I mean, almond. yeah. almond croissants, man. Um, look, the, the, you know, Mark, like, yeah, all of your points about Don Lottie are great. I, I don't know who else we bring in if Amaria was our target. And again, just like, this is a totally separate conversation, but like, why the hell do our transfers take so long to come in when other teams are bringing other people in? Like, you know, I know I know it's complex, but it's like, we seem to always be butting up against the start of the season for our, our big We transfers. need to get better lawyers. Yeah, well... Uh, we yeah, got, we so, had Daniel Levy doing our... Uh, yeah. uh, picking <laughs> oh up God. our players. So, yeah. so this is the thing that I'll say about the strikers, that this is this feels different to me than previous years. In previous years, I felt like we've had one, style, like one star striker, and star is... I'm using that very liberally here. Um, and they have a very specific style. And then everyone else are veterans or journeymen who are just there to fill the roster slot because we need that position. This is the first season since I would say like Christian Ramirez with Abu Dunlady that I feel like we have distinct styles of strikers that we can use strategically. Heath won't um, based on what we're seeing from the opposition or what we have scouted for the opposition. I think Amaria offers some real, probably the, the, the most dynamic play. Donlati is that great substitute or just come out of the gates, just, just running his face off. And then Unu is definitely a little bit more nuanced and is, you know, wants to be a little bit more of a false nine withdrawn striker. I think that that's a really good problem to have um, to figure out how we're going to incorporate those. And the last thing I'll say on, on Unu, I totally agree with, with Wes, what you said. Um, he he didn't have a full season. We were just as critical of Robin Lud that first season, that first half season. And Robin Lud was way more shitty the first season than Unu was. Exactly, yeah. and and we part of it was being played out of position, but also, you know, it 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 takes time to integrate. And now he is our best striker, so you know, he's got the right wing lockdown. So I I I do give Unu. 
I give them to the Robin transfer Lund window Gagan to really liked. figure things out. I mean, Unu was our second leading scorer, was he not? Like seven, eight goals? Yeah, yeah I mean, but you give him six months and he scores seven, eight goals, right? With not really knowing, you know, we saw the best of him in the last the last half of the season. And that's, right. and he had probably my favorite goal of, of the season that we scored when he, besides uh, Reynoso's free kicks. But regardless, he had, he, he was getting better. I think, I think what would, I, I would not be surprised if Danladi gets a half and a half, like 60 minutes for the first four or five games. And then you bring in, you, you bring in Amarilla, you bring in Unu together as a, as a complete change of pace. And then you switch the formation because either you're chasing the game, right? Or creating the, or create, or trying to create great pressure and get the ball back to score goals. And somehow you magically turn this into a four, four, two, or you turn this into some sort of, Three five two, where we're we're attacking with, with enough uh, attacking power and pressure that, that we can do that. And I think that's, you know, that is something that we have not seen in a in a while. Like we always were like, oh, we're going to, you know, we're, we're, four two three one works for this team. We've seen that the personnel that we have currently does that, right? But I think having this formation and another formation in the back and having the players. Like uh, like a Bongi, like a like a Rosales, like a Kevin Ariaga, they can come in and provide that youth and pressure aspect of it, or chasing the game with an Amarilla and, and a Unu that can create, right? Because Unu also can create and, and create opportunities. We've seen it. It it could be uh, a, not a step down as we have seen in in, in the attacking aspect of of last year and previous year. Where it could just be a it could just be a different look rather than a compromise. Right. And and I think the intensity stays the same if not increased a little and yep. and we can make that change. Yeah. But it, it's it's gonna be really interesting to see how this will this play out. It, it's like we have an actual option to either bunker and counter or apply high pressure and get the ball turned over in our attacking third and we go from there. A few other big questions that are, are going. We've already talked about, you guys brought up um, Hassani needing to make a big step forward here. Um, the Hassani trap duo, um, Dotson trap, uh, is the big question there. And then how do Ariaga and Rosales uh, fit into that? Um, fullback depth to me is a really big question. Um, Metnir, as I mentioned, is a great uh, fullback when he's really going. Our backup seems to be O'Neill Fisher, who... I mean, he's a veteran, but he's never really played that much in the league. Um, DJ Taylor was being used in preseason as a backup on the left. Um, I'm, I'm worried about the depth there. Um, goalkeeper, the question is um, Miller and uh, and Dane St. Clair. Miller's obviously the preferred one there. Um, Taylor Twalman tweeted that uh, the Revs should look at uh, Dane now that Matt Turner is off to Arsenal. Matt Doyle says the team wants a steep price for him and that he'd pay it. And, and I want to, like, I, th I feel like I've made this point on the podcast before, but um, people talk about it's like bad. We need, we, we should get rid of him. But like, why? I, I don't, I don't understand this logic here where it's just like, we can have a high price point. If someone wants to meet that, great. If not, we have two really good goalkeepers where if we get an injury in uh, Tyler Miller, then yeah, we've got a great goal, backup goalkeeper, and we have an asset that we're that we're building here. And to me, I just feel like you don't want to get rid of that depth just because 
you, you know, oh, I guess we should we should trade this guy away or, and try to find some money. To me, that it's still just a great asset to have. No, I completely agree. And also, like the way the contract is working out is like, admittedly, like they um, the players association hasn't released salaries for this year yet, and so we don't know what Dane St. Clair's new salary is. But I mean, last year, Tyler Miller was making four hundred thousand dollars a year, and Dane St. Clair was making ninety five thousand, and uh, Tyler Miller's contract goes through the end of this year uh, with an option for next year. So if it ends up that like, you know, we don't sell Dane St. Clair for a bunch of money and we have Tyler Miller, we, we don't have to take his option and we can just free ourselves of $400,000 in salary and just keep Dane St. Clair. And that is a great option to have. And yeah, again, I, I agree with you. Like hold the lottery ticket. Like Dane St. Clair, if you want to pay us a bunch, pay us a bunch. But if you don't want to pay us a bunch, we're, we're going to be great going into next season and we're going to have our goalkeepers covered. And there, Tyler Miller is, you know, top 10 goalkeepers in the league right now. He's doing well. And Dane Clair can be our goalkeeper of the future. And like, it all will right. just kind of work out. I mean, I, I think, I think you, you hold out for Mason toy money, right? I mean, that's the limit, right? <laughs> you want, you want Mason, Mason toy money in that aspect of it. But I, I think you, I think you're right. We have a situation where we have two goalkeepers that you can switch at any point in time and, and, and they'll be successful in that thing. And I think that that's where you're at. And if they want to give us all the gam, all the tam and all the garbage bucks all together and create a new currency for, uh, DSC, I'm all for it. Give, Give it us some damn. <laughs> the 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 thing with with, with that situation, cause I think we we all we're all in agreement. Like we could, we could take either keeper, and we'd be more than more than happy with either one. I think yeah, Tyler is consistent. He's comfortable with the back line, all that good stuff. Dane, we would love for him to get development. He hasn't had an MNUFC two. Um, does he go down there to get some matches? Probably not. He's he's comfortable enough that he can slot in pretty easily. Um, the the only thing with this situation where like we we hold a high price for Dane and we hold out till the end of the season and we release Miller and we slot Dane in as our keeper. The only thing is that's another year of lack of development for Dane. And but I I I agree that Miller should be our starting keeper. Um, I mean, you, know. you have US US Open Cup, right? I mean, DSC takes exactly. We we cup. have the that, that that's what's different this year. We do have the Open Cup. We do have more. Friendlies coming in. We do have other other scenarios, so I I, th- I don't think it'll be as bad as it has been the last year year and a half. But um, I, I mean, would, you, you could always rotate. You could, but there's yeah, you know, we said Dane about got consistency minutes last year too. He yeah, did, I mean, but he also. Yeah, I mean, well, Dane started the first four games and then got benched after that because our team. Sucked. We came back and in then, and Tyler got COVID. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then we got walloped in the playoff game because it was like a one day notice thing. I mean, yeah. like here, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm more for like giving each opportunity to play. And I think that'll work itself out. And I think Dane is com- comfortable in his own skin to be understanding what he, what he needs to do. Cause he's proven, he's proven that he can play. And he, and he I, knows that he has a multi-year contract. And so right. he knows that he's going to be guaranteed whatever. Plus, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't care about most of that stuff. I just love the fact that he's probably a community ambassador out there. He's taking, he's taking the position that was given to Ozzy, 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 and actually embraced it. He's actually going out and doing stuff, and I'm gonna go for that. And 
And though I, I do think I've yet to see him grow any facial hair, so I want to know if he actually can grow a mustache because I would love to see that rivalry between uh, Miller and DSC's mustache. But. Yeah. Um, last little bit is the depth on the wing. We've got um, Nico Hansen. I guess Bongi could be in there. Um, Dunlady. Yeah, Dunlady as well played that for us. Um, we lost Ethan Finley, who I thought uh, brought a lot. Uh, to that role, you know, having him as a depth player was really good. So we'll see uh, what with that, you know, can we use McMaster more this year? Um, we'll see. Um, so I guess here's how I'm going to, going to finish this. Um, but where do we, where do you think, and where are we going to finish the season? I'm going to go fourth. I think we finished fourth. boy, Mark. Very disappointed. It's going to come down to decision day. And that, see, that's bold. That's a bold one. Yeah, I, I would. Um, I said we go fifth. Seriously. Okay. Uh, any, any crazy uh, predictions? Though I do think that Amadia scores uh, eighteen goals this year. Okay. Here, here's the, <laughs> I think, here's the I think thing. that here's he's the, going to be Golden Boot uh, contender. Okay. Here, here are the things that Amadia Golden Boot watch. I, mm-hmm. I, I wanna. I want to type these into like a type of board bet thing that we because we always say what so at the end of the season it. we can recap it. Do it. So far we have O'Neill plays less than eight games total start okay. sub combo. And then so far, who do who do who will score more? Danlari, Amaria, or Unu overall? Wes, what do um, you say? I mean Amarilla? I think Amaria and he scores uh eighteen goals. I put it in our notes, you can put that in a thing. Anyone All right. I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be Amaria, um, you know, fifteen ish. Uh Unu's gonna be about nine goals, and I think Don is gonna pop in about six. We all right, uh, we finish first if that happens. Listen, listen, right. I said so, third, but here's right. the here's the thing. We actually don't play a back line for two of those games. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. I think best case scenario is like you know Unu ten, Amaria ten, and like Dunlady has like four. Gosh, you suck the life out of him sometimes. What? How many goals did Dunlady have the last two seasons? No, he'll get. He'll. He won't get more than four. I'll give no. you that. Yeah. I think Amarilla is on the twelfth borderline, and I think, yeah. and I think Unu will score, will score eight or nine goals, but he will have nine assists. Uh, my like my. That. My prediction, my bold one about Unu is that he scores two goals and he fades into. Uh, black, the, the the Tyrone Mears, uh, yeah, just just <laughs> land they, of yeah. They send yeah. they send him out uh, on a pontoon uh, on Lake Minnetonka, and he just never gets seen again. <laughs> and shoot flaming arrows. I don't yeah. know about his No, player. no, no. I Everyone think... forgets him. They're like, ooh, where'd uh, Andrew go? I do and think... then, uh, three I years do... from I... now, we see him at the, car- <laughs> at the caribou on, on Lake Minnetonka. Anyway, this is like, oh, hey guys, remember that that season that I scored those goals? Um. Uh, I think Reynoso is going to have a 10 and 10 year. I think he's going to do 10 goals, 10 assists easily. How many goals has he ever had? He's going to be 10 and 10, baby. Boom. Okay. He, he's going to, he's going to, he's going to, he's going to have it. to start passing towards the net more. <laughs> it's listen, it's going to be nine. It's going to be nine free kick goals. And then a back heel at the top of the box off of a corner. That's right. Okay. My bold prediction as we do more predictions, Reynoso will be the only player in the MLS to score an Olympico this year. Okay. All right. Oh. I like that. Yeah. That's, I, I, that's I, the most. That's the I most, think that could actually happen too. That's the most boldly sexual one. 
Um, all right. Speaking of uh, boldly sexual, we're going to finish this podcast off with this is a preseason power rankings because the most important part about the hotness power rankings is that we need to see these players in action. Um, we need to see them, you know, Nico Hansen got a haircut. What's it, what, what's it look like? You know, um, we need to see, uh, these new players. Um, so I'm going to do my power rankings, which is the definitive one. Uh, number five, Nico Hansen. He got a haircut. Cornrows are gone. Still think he's hot, but, mm. um, Ramon Metnier, that dude, his hair is huge. His beard's huge. Just absolute sexual man uh number three plungwane he's got the glasses which is a big up for me and um he looks really hot number two luisa maria sugar ray um i i still don't know what's up with his hair where he's going right now number one d'artagnan adrian unu he he's he's getting left behind on the pontoon boat but um, but he's doing all right for himself. So that's that's my hotness power rankings. Anyone else you want to throw in there or or challenge? Sure, sure. Um, mine uh, starting at five is Romain Metinier. Usually higher on the list, but I think we've got um some other uh you know fresher eye candy. You know, mm. it's good to change things up a yep. little bit. Uh, four is Bongi. Uh, I still can't get over that a uh, that that tomahawk steak. Uh, glasses like the joy in his like, face. Like oh. you, you brought a ukulele with you, and you are playing like you know Franz Ferdinand covers on that thing. Um, uh, number three, Adrian Unu. Uh, I, I still think it's the it's the nicest hair in the on the team. Um, uh, Debasi is my number two. Oh, the, all right. the the drip that Debasi brings to the table. And uh, and number one, it's called uh, with gunnery, a yeah, but... late late uh, <laughs> number one with a with a with a late uh, uh, surging um, what? Said swollen turgid um, <laughs> run into the box. Uh, uh, Luisa Maria coming back to the team is back mm. to my number one. All right, yeah, it's it's great. Uh, and... uh, honorable mention to uh, uh, to Tyler Miller and uh, Nico Hansen in the six and seven slots. But... Okay. Those don't matter. Oh, wow, Mike, do you have any to add? I do. I uh, num- my number five is uh, Debasi. Uh, number four is DJ Taylor. Still looks like uh, the guy who DJ's your little sister pr- sister's it, prom. Yeah. But, yeah. but he's he's an attractive man. Okay, cool. Uh, number three is Amaria coming in hot. Uh, and then number two is uh, Bongi, and number one is my man Unu. Bongi he's, really he's always going to hold the number one spot in the hotness factor. It's just my. It's, I mean, the biggest that, surprise here. He has the best is, hair. He's this his bone structure is great. Like everything about him, like is just solid. But I'm just saying, Bongi coming in here hot in the power rankings. Big big pickup for uh, the loons. Rodrigo, mm-hmm. do you want to add anyone here? Um, I, I think, I think five, and this is like a stretch, but but um. Kyla Montgomery is there, is there, is, oh, has got okay. that young, young sophisticated. Well, look. He, he does have the um, he does have the Michael Boxall uh, facial hair, so he right. definitely looks he gets, like he was he goes bit by Wolfman. It's, it's, it's like a legit. Like yeah. if he goes back to like a triple zero on the side and just kind of like a uh, 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 fade. Did you, did you see him I'm down at Venice Beach? Where, where did you year. see him? 
I think we're gonna be eighth. After Dallas Gears, where they have the cutoffs, you know, you have to do your research when you're doing rankings, right? I mean, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> He's number in an four. amateur beach volleyball league. Exactly, right? I mean, wait, wait, wait. so four. FC Dallas, like their jerseys are just like frayed, like denim, like short shorts. No, 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 no. They're like cutoff shirts. You know, they're like cutoff shirts, like practice yeah. shirts, right? Right. I mean, I mean, they have some of those, but and, and I mean, four. Um, you know, um, Metzner is an attractive man. He just, you know, he just uh, for me. Then it becomes, uh, then it becomes a three. It comes Unu, um, and and that's just uh, just overall. Just you know, I just think his bone structure, his mustache now, really gives like the whole French vibe, and his and his hair has just been is 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 been up there. I I I my my. My bold thing is, is DJ Taylor. I like DJ Taylor. Wow. Right. I like just the way he's number two, but of course, my number one is is uh, is Amarilla. That is one one great looking man that also has, I don't know if you know, he has an LA tattoo on his neck, which I still don't understand what that's about. But regardless, I don't care because he makes it look hot. Luis Amarilla. Yeah. Um, so... Well, that's great. The definitive stuff here. Um, the Callum Montgomery thing is good. Is a good shout there. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see, guys. We we will see a month into this. Who knows? There's going to be some big surprises. We'll come in here and we'll we'll um, we'll see who makes our official first month hotness power rankings for Minnesota United. That's the only reason you tune into this I, stupid I, podcast. Listen, okay. I am just waiting for the fifty-five-one. Um, you know, hotness calendar. Like, when do we actually get to? Mm. You know, I mean, I'm I'm all good for every month we we update our rankings. Like in one of these five episodes, <laughs> we just update our rankings and just to see what our rankings will be like from the beginning to the end of the season. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's the podcast. This has been your preview this weekend, Saturday noon. Minnesota plays Philadelphia. Corey will be there in person. Uh, we will be at the Blackheart of St. Paul. It's going to be a blast. I'm really excited for the soccering to happen. And uh, hopefully we'll see you and, uh, and we'll have fun. You're beautiful. You're sexy. And everyone loves you. 